Hi everyone. Welcome Hi. back to another episode of Midwest Madness, your true crime, cult, conspiracy, and crypto podcast. I'm Emily. And I'm Danielle. And I guess oh yes. She we should have s- talked about this in the last episode because now it's gonna be like really far down the line. But I wanna talk about that the Indiana really quick news the indiana oh indiana uh, idaho. idaho sorry i was actually gonna ask you if you wanted to talk about that during my episode oh i literally have like an article pulled up and i was like oh, i should write down some notes about this but yeah we absolutely should talk about it we don't have to get like super in-depth about no. it but i mean it is kind of a big thing going on right, right now and it's super sad like the worst thing yeah just so tragic i can't even imagine what those families are going through no um and i just feel for them especially because well i mean it's a terrible it's terrible any time of the year but especially when it's right before the holidays holidays, it's just kind of it's like a little you know gives a little extra heartache i guess you could say but just very curious the police haven't really said a whole lot um they i mean some people say it was a targeted attack some people say it could be a work of a serial killer it's just and i think because they haven't really come out and said much like rumors are just and theories and yeah there's a lot of speculation because we just don't know anything really hard fact right right um, and I'm sure everyone who listens to this knows exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. But, um, if you don't, essentially in Moscow, Idaho, four college students were found murdered in their off-campus house. Yes. And that was roughly, what, two weeks ago? It was right around Veterans Day, I want to yeah, say. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, this says two weeks after police found Forest Lane University of Idaho students. Here's where the investigation stands. They were... I just need to read my screen. Murdered or found... Uh, they had been killed with a sharp object, they were saying, a knife. Yep. Um, some victims had defensive wounds. Um, they uh, were found in their beds, I believe. It, um, this one, so it says, were found stabbed to death on November 13th in an off-campus home in Moscow. Um, it doesn't say necessarily their beds, but I believe, definitely... I'm pretty positive they were found in their beds. I do remember that as well. Um, yeah, and then there's two roommates who were home at the time who were left unharmed. Which is just... And didn't know anything that oh was going God, on. Can you imagine no, I that trauma? I would be, like, physically ill oh. for the rest of my life. Oh, right? You would... I don't think you'd ever get over it. You no. need very, very serious therapy. I just... Uh, yeah, I cannot. I hope that those surviving roommates are okay. Right. My thoughts are with them as well, obviously. Oh, my God. Right. Yeah. Um. But, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'll be very curious to see where this one goes. It's been w- about what? I think they're entering the third week, and we don't know suspects have no. been named. Um, and they, they do say on the night of the murders, I, I'm on this part of the article, it says on the night of the murder, murders, um, two of the students were at a sports bar and then two were at a fraternity party. So they weren't even together the night of the murders. Mm-hmm. So it's not 
it seems unlikely that it would be like something happened while they were out and then someone followed them home because they weren't even all together yeah so i'm like, not why gonna would even you go speculate after? on that either because i mean who knows if they could have followed two home that's yeah but then why not kill all six maybe they didn't know there was two already there that's true i don't know i'm not gonna speculate on that stuff because we really don't know um, well, because the other two, it says the other two had gone out the same night, but had returned home earlier. So it says the two surviving roommates had also gone out in Moscow that night, police said, and returned to the house by 1 a.m. The four victims had returned to the home by 2 a.m., the night of the stabbings. Yeah, and I know a lot of people are going after these two unharmed roommates. How do you not hear anything? How can you not hear anything? And to that I say, you've clearly never drank before. Or are a heavy sleeper. sleeper. Because, like, honestly, you know I'm a really heavy sleeper. Yeah. Like, things happen at our parents' house and I'm in the basement sleeping and I have no idea that, like, the dogs are running around upstairs, you know? So it's like... And also, leave these kids alone, for God's sake. Yeah, they just went through, like, the worst thing ever. Right, and they're kids. They're, like, twenty, twenty-two. Yeah. Like, so. leave them alone. Don't be shitty people. Um, yeah. Like I said, I will be very curious to see where this one goes. It's awful. It's terrible. There's There's been a lot of shitty things that actually have happened in the past, like, three weeks that... I mean, like, there was that shooting yeah. at the in Walmart, Col- the one in Colorado, Colorado. those yep. um, football players at oh, the University yeah, that's of Virginia. Right. Oh, God. I mean, just like a lot of shitty stuff. It's, so, yeah, it's just been a lot. Holy shit. Take care of each other and be nice to each other and just always take the opportunity to tell people that you care about them. Right. Because you never know. Um. So this CNN article that I'm reading, um, it says... At least 113 pieces of physical evidence have been collected and about 4,000 crime scene photographs were taken. I don't know if that's a lot or not. It feels like a lot. Yeah, I guess I don't know what's typical. That's true. But so, hopefully they can find like some DNA or something. And um, or, and then know. police said, it says several people have been ruled out as suspects for the time being. The police department said, including the two surviving roommates... Other people in the house when 911 was called. The person who drove Gonclaves and Mogan. Yeah, I think that's how last you. Names. That's how you say it. And that's what news articles usually do is last names. Um, the person who drove them home. A man seen in surveillance video from a food truck visited by Gonclaves and Mogan. And a man Gonclaves and Mogan called, n- quote, numerous times, end quote, in the hours before their death. Yeah. So, um, I don't know if we really need to talk much more about it, but right. That's, I just wanted to mention it because yeah. And you know, like it's you kind said, of a big true crime it's story right huge now. Right now. I would say probably one of the biggest we've had in a while since yeah. Gabby Petito. Probably. Um, yeah. that, yeah, that definitely, that kind of like, and when I say biggest, I mean like that's kind of taken the nation and yeah, yeah you know what i mean obviously yeah, and really there's been a, in. i mean every true crime story is a big true crime story in my opinion but yeah it's gotten the most attention i would say since and um, that so there was one other thing i wanted to mention before i like get going um 
you know this because I like freaked out, but um, I think it was Dateline. Oh yeah, did the Kenita story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I listened to the podcast. Did yeah, you? so did I. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of stuff in there that I like didn't find any information on when I did my reporting, but obviously they. I mean, have, Dateline is. Yeah, know, they're, they're like Dateline. They're they're gonna get. They're the golden standard. We're like a little itty bitty like college newspaper <laughs> you know what i mean high school yeah that yeah you're probably right junior high <laughs> we do our best but sometimes you know we can only work with what we're given you know um do you have the so, name of the episode uh i don't do you have it pulled I can pull up it it's up. something something about the farm um like the name of the farm i think yeah give me one second um uh so I just thought that was really the cool. The Trouble at Dill Creek Farm and Dateline podcast uploaded it on November 15th. Yes. So. So that was really interesting to get to listen to more information about it. Um, and, you know, we have talked to the sister mm-hmm. that they interview a couple of times on our Facebook. So it's kind of nice to put a name to a face. Yeah. And just get all of the all of the details and everything so yeah so yeah cool yeah that i forgot about that so yeah i was gonna mention it last weekend or last time and then i just totally forgot well i think we recorded did we record after oh no you're probably right this might be the first time we've recorded since then because it was before your birthday and we did not record on your birthday weekend yeah because we were up north um I don't remember. Doesn't matter. Um, okay, <laughs> let's get into your story since we've been talking for a while. All right, so this one, I know I was going to do a longer one this week, but I thought there was going to be more information on this one, and a lot of it was behind paywalls, and I am not going to pay. We don't have the money for that. No, I'm not Remember gonna. high school? <laughs> yeah. Newspaper. High school newspapers. I would so. think college newspapers would have the money to get behind a paywall. They, yeah, they might. <laughs> but, I yeah, I just wasn't willing to, like pay for something that i'm not it's not like it's like newspaper.com you know like that i might be willing to pay for but anyways so um this is the story of julie hill does that name sound familiar to you okay so um julie hill was 22 years old and had been living with her boyfriend at 2808 west third street duluth minnesota oh in 1980 yeah no yeah, you weren't there. Don't worry. <laughs> um, on July 18th, 1980, her mom, Jeanette, reported Julie missing to the Duluth police. Jeanette reported Julie missing under suspicious circumstances. Um, like her apartment was left unlocked. There was food cooking on the stove. Her purse was there and there was no note indicating where she had gone. Most worrying to her mother was that her two dogs, um, they were Doberman pincher, pincers. Um, we're still in Julie's apartment. So it, um, Jeanette told police that it looked like Julie had just stepped out for a couple of minutes with every intention of being back. So Julie had been living at a house on 9th West Street with her boyfriend, Donald Bloomer, but had recently moved out of the home. I don't know why Donald Bloomer sounds familiar. It was driving me crazy, Did too. Did it sound familiar to you, too? Yes. And I, I have checked our um topics list like seven times there's no bloom 
no and i thought it was maybe because of the donald part and i was like well it's just a first name but i didn't even notice a donald it kind of reminds me for some reason i'm leaning towards the um katie i believe her name is the moose lake oh yeah he went by aliases you're right Mm, we'll look into it yeah we will have to look into it but yeah because like i literally went through and i like looked at it like three or four times and was like i cannot i cannot find this i cannot find this um so i assumed we had not done the story um but so anyways donald had been known to be physically abusive to julie and their relationship was not a good one she had threatened to leave him before and this ended up causing some problems because like for her family um they assumed that she would like she had a really big spread out family and like so there were like rumors that she wasn't missing that she had just run away um so her family was like okay i heard this story i heard that story and one of the family members that um cold case files talked to said that she had heard julie had run away to las vegas and was working there as a sex worker so um katie poyer katie poyer yes sorry i just wanted you're no you're good I thought it was Poyer, but, um, so some of Donald's neighbors in 1980 had told police that he'd been doing some digging in his yard when Julie had gone missing, but, um, the information wasn't really acted upon until 2004. Dude. What? How do you spell his last name? Uh, it's Bloomer. B-L-O-O-M-E-R. His name's Donald Blom. Blom. Oh, that's why it sounded so familiar. <laughs> I'm done good now. one thank you because okay. <laughs> i thought i was losing my mind i was like why is this name so familiar okay um so in 2004 police served a search warrant for donald's properties one on hammond street and the other on west 9th street um and when they went inside the home it was an absolute disaster um police were actually only allowed to search the property for a couple of days before the county came in and condemned the home due to the mess inside. Jeez. Um, and so, like, that causes it structurally to be unsafe. And so they were like, nope, we got to shut it down. Um, the county actually tore down the house on West 9th Street um, in 2004. But police kept working on Donald, hoping that they could find out exactly what happened to Julie. Donald denied knowing what happened to Julie, saying that she had left him and that he thought she was living in Nevada or Nevada, depending on how you want to say it. So um, detectives were like, this is bullshit. We do not believe you Um, and kept putting pressure on Donald. And finally, he confessed to accidentally shooting Julie. Are you uh, shocked that it was accidental? Um, No. Um, Donald said that he had been cleaning his gun in the basement of the house when Julie walked past and his gun accidentally discharged, shooting her in the head and killing her instantly. Oh, God. But then if you think back to her house, 
she literally had food on the stove right yeah so like that doesn't make any sense like why no. was she at your place if right. she was cooking right like that it just doesn't one plus three is not two right so i just don't i don't get it um donald then told police that he wrapped her body in a carpet and buried it in the woods near floodwood minnesota um floodwood is a tiny town in the 2010 census there are only around 500 people living in the town which is about an hour away from duluth near grand rapids minnesota um donald was charged with second degree murder in 2004 and pled guilty to second degree manslaughter he was given three years in prison for the accidental death of julie with time served of 13 months while he was waiting on trial that's so sad isn't it just so frustrating it's so fucking frustrating it's like first of all we know it wasn't an accident like that's crazy to honestly believe that it was an accident and you didn't immediately call 911 for help did they find her body no no that's another thing that really pisses me off if you can no longer be charged for that right because he's already served his time and they can't is wouldn't that be double jeopardy don't don't you think uh i think if there's new evidence you can recharge okay so but don't quote me on that but i'm like i feel pretty confident in that because i didn't know i wasn't sure but like if it was an accident fucking bring them to the body or bring them to where you buried it don't just be like oh it's like west of floodwood in this like general area well i'm sure he can't because i'm sure once they get the body they'll see oh why she was right so it wasn't an accident yes right so that that's like another thing just that just irritates the shit out of me because it's like we know you're fucking lying because you're not bringing us to the body we know you're lying because like why was your gun loaded if you were fucking cleaning it like that doesn't make any sense anybody who handles a gun is not going to clean a loaded gun it's that's like common sense yeah i don't know anything about guns. i don't either and i would still not clean a gun when it's loaded yeah i don't know i I mean obviously not but i don't know if there's like a way that it could accidentally be because i feel like you hear about this happening actually on accident but yeah but it's rare i have no idea so I just, it's just, the whole thing is just infuriating to me. Well, clearly, because I'm mean, just we very We just know that it wasn't <laughs> an accident, so. Right. So, and the fact that he only served three years in prison is, that also, like, your story is just maddening. Is this guy still alive? So, um, Donald's, or Julie's family has sued Donald for wrongful death. And there was a settlement in 2007, Um, but it is a confidential settlement, so I don't, I couldn't find any information on that. The most recent information that I could find about this whole story was a 2007 article that said Donald had also filed a wrongful destruction case against the city because he does not believe that his house should have been condemned and destroyed. He is seeking at least $50,000 in damages. The city is claiming that at most they would owe him $8,590 after like looking at what the value of the homes were and how much it cost to like demolish and all this other stuff. So as of 2007, that was still ongoing. Um, 
Julie's remains have never been found. Uh, and despite her mom's death in 2003, the rest of her family continues to look for her. If Donald Bloomer is still alive, he would be 75 years old. I literally searched um, Duluth obituaries and nothing came up for Donald Bloomer. So I'm assuming this piece of shit is still probably alive. This is making me uncomfy now. You can quote me on the fact that I think he is a piece of shit. So I'm not worried about some 75-year-old asshole tracking me down. I have more th- bigger things to worry about. So. Period. That is the tragic and technically still cold case to a point um of julie hill um my sources were cold case files i do not have the name of the episode i should have written it down i didn't um international missing dot fandom dot com the published pen dot com charlie project dot org um duluth news tribune dot com and b105 country dot com Sweet. Um, our socials are mwmadnesspodcast at gmail.com, and that's also our Instagram and Midwest Madness Podcast on uh, the group on Facebook. And um, it's like two weeks till Christmas. I was going to say something else, but I forgot. <laughs> so uh, we hope you guys have a great rest of your week and we will talk to you all next tuesday yeah sounds good okay bye bye